So today we're going to do uh, three things, and each one will have its <coughs> meditation that will go along with it. We're going to learn a little bit about Rosh Chodesh, because it is Rosh Chodesh today. That's very appropriate to live with the times. And then we're going to learn the same structure that we learned about Pesach. We learned about Pesach, and then we said that every holiday this can be applied to is learning it according to five different levels. The historical, the agricultural, slash nature, the theme, the emotional, psychological aspect, and the mystical aspect. And so we're going to do that today for Sphere to Omer. When we get to Shavuos, we'll do that for Shavuos as well. And then we're going to learn a very specific uh, intention of counting the Omer. So hopefully we'll get all of that in. But I do want to say something because, uh, as most people know, most people do not play music during the Omer, at least to Lagba Omer. And the reason I am going to uh, is that there are a number of different ways that it is permitted. One, if it's for educational purposes. Two, that it's not dance music. <coughs> the, the primary uh, problem with music during the Omer, until Lagba Omer, is dance music. Because <coughs> we are uh, commemorating a certain period of mourning. When we get to Lagba Omer, we're going we're gonna to discuss why we have uh, almost a whole month of, of mourning for something that in relationship to the rest of Jewish history might seem not as tragic as many other things in Jewish history. But we're going to learn that. But the reason that there are no weddings is, is that's a sign of, of joy. And along with weddings also comes dance music. So the, as you know, the type of music that we do, I don't even call it tunes or songs are more meditations so in, that, in light of that that's how we're going to be um, using the, the music today ok so three, three, three things to try to, to do today so we're going to start with Rosh Chodesh this is Rosh Chodesh ER and every month the, the system that I learned is that there are actually 13 different connections to every month. We're only going to mention uh, three or four today. And we're going to try to concentrate on those. Is that each month has a letter, one of the, what are called the 12 simple letters that correspond to the month. So the letter for this month is Vav. Vav which we will explain. Each month is, is connected to a tribe this month is Yisachar and we will explain that as well each tribe is month, what is the month that's connected to Yisachar? ER, yeah, this month ER, yeah, yeah, this month each month has a uh, what's called the sense a chush These, we're used to talking about the five senses so the twelve senses, and this is given over in Sefer Yitzirah, <coughs> considered <coughs> perhaps the, maybe the oldest Kabbalistic text that there is, gives over twelve senses, of which are, are the five that we're used to, the five senses of the, the, the physical senses. The sense for this month is, is called Hirhur, which is thought, meditative thought. Not just a regular process of thinking. So those are the three areas that we'll, we'll touch on. So about... In the body part? Um, there's a body part. <coughs> there, there's a, a mazal constellation. There is a combination of God's name. And there's directions. There's colors. Right? So this... That wasn't my intention to, to do that. There could also be a whole series called The Twelve Senses of the Soul. 
go through all the months with all of their connections. This is a, a very fascinating thing, but um, it would be too much for, for right now. So he said that we wanted to live with the times. And it's said about Yisachar, of all of the tribes, he's described, I'm not sure where, but Yodea Itim. Somewhere in, in, in the uh, Nevi'im, Yisachar were, were called ones that knew the times. Specifically, that what they were talking about is it was known that there was a, a high percentage of members of the Sanhedrin that came from the Sahar. Along with the many, many things that the Sanhedrin did was calculate the Jewish calendar. And it was said that Yisachar had a special understanding of time. Now this is very, very connected to the month of Iyar. Because when we get to Sirat Omer, that's one of the ideas that we're going to explore is that there's something very, very special about this month as to plugging in to not just time, but our own inner sense of time and progress. And Yisachar is connected to the sense of the month, which is thought. Because it was said that Yisachar was, it was, it's hinted that they were among the, the smartest of the tribes. Because they had the sense of being able to understand the Jewish calendar, that gave them this special sensitivity to living with the times. And since this is the only time of the year that we have a, a mitzvah to count the days, so that already tells us that there's something about this season that is very, very connected in the awareness of time. Even though we should obviously be aware of time all the time. There's no particular uh, time of the year that is, let's say, more important. But as we said about Pesach, when we talked about the theme, there's, there's a certain theme to each month and to each holiday. And even though these themes are teachings that we're supposed to live by all the time, nonetheless, as the calendar comes around, there's certain times of the year that are, are more conducive, are plugged in to certain energies. So the energy of ER is the idea of, of making things count, of being aware of a progression of process because what are we doing we're counting from Pesach to Shavuos we have a very very specific goal here in mind in fact if you look at the the different Kavanot intentions that we read before and after Sferat to Omer it quotes the Torah which it says you shall count 50 days now the only problem with that is we don't count 50 days count 49, count 49. Yeah. so everyone asks so what, what does the Torah mean count 50 days so many many different Torahs the one that resonates with me the best is we know that the 50th day is Shavuos but we don't count per se the 50th day but what are we counting to the whole time? Shavuos. So when the Torah says count 50 days means every day that you count along with whatever day it is you should also count the 50th day to remind yourself what are you counting to? Because even in seven weeks which is everything is, is relative it's a short amount of time it's a very long amount of time we're in the, we're in the middle of the sphera and we really forget what are we counting for every night we're counting but we, we don't what I would say have our eye on the ball now our eye on the ball is where are we trying to get to what is the counting for that's counting the 50th day ok so that is a little to think about for Rosh Chodesh Iyar. This idea, even though we actually count Sphira over three months, 
It comes during Nisan, Iyar, and Sivan. But the only month that is given totally to the count is Iyar. So the entire month is based around this idea of, of progress and process. When we get to Sirat Omer, which we will in a few minutes, we'll see how this connects. And what about the letter Vav? This is almost an obvious idea because sometimes the Vav is actually called, a, it looks like a ladder. And what are we doing? We are climbing the ladder to Mount Sinai. Now for those on my email list, if hopefully you got the Torah I sent out yesterday, about the idea that <coughs> something interesting about the count is because if, if everyone will remember back to high school, usually around 50 days, it happens to turn out around 50 days, what does everyone start doing towards the end of the year? Counting down to when they get out of school. You know, 50 days, 40 days, 30, 20, 10, right? So there the, the paradigm is we're counting down. Here we're counting up. But it's even more complicated because there's two counts that are happening here. We're counting up, but when we do the sphere out, which, which we're not going to do this, or we'll do it next week. Because this is the most explicit reference to the sphere out in, in Jewish practice. In other words, Ashkenazim and Sephardim and Hasidim and not Hasidim, everyone counts the days along with the sphere out. It's one of the only places you'll see in, in, in the sitter that you actually have an explicit reference to a Kabbalistic concept that runs for almost two months. So obviously the more you know about the sphere, the more meaningful that is. That's what, that's what we'll do next week. But the idea is, when we're counting the sphere out, we're counting from above to below. So there's actually two directions going on every day. We're counting from above to below as far as the sphere out, but as far as the number, we're counting from below to above. So I sent out a Torah. If anyone is not on my list, please give me your email. I will send you this Torah explaining how that works and what we can learn from it. There's some very, very powerful ideas that we can learn that we're actually doing a double count like this. And that's the vav. The Vav is the ladder that one goes up it's and comes down. Angels yeah. going up and down the yes, ladder. Exactly. exactly. The angels going up and down. And what's called in Kabbalah is called straight light and returning light. Mm-hmm. Straight light is, as it were, from above to below, from God into the world. Returning light is from the world back to God, or us back to God. Now this is connected to a very beautiful idea which is called run and return. It's a very fundamental concept in Kabbalah and Hasidut. This idea of run and return. In fact, last week's Parsha about Nadav and Avihu was all about run and return because they went in to the Holy of Holies, they ran, I'm not talking physically, but they ran and they didn't want to return. It wasn't their intention. And they didn't. So I'm just, I'm just pointing this out. This idea of run and return comes from the shelf. And it comes from Ezekiel. Actually, what we read on Shavuos. We will read this on the Haftar of Shavuos is the vision of Ezekiel of the chariot. And in it, he describes a certain class of angels that he saw that were running and returning. And we read that the morning of Shavuot. Yeah. So this run and return is in the Vav. It's all about what we're, we're told is that we fell to the 49th level of impurity and our goal is to get to the 49th level of purity. So we're told, this is a very simple idea, but a, a very 
powerful tool to use on the emotional psychological level which we'll get to in a minute is every day to have the, the kavana that today I want to I want to exchange a level of impurity for a level of purity so in other words every day to look at something in our lives like this I should do away with or I should minimize or I should work on or I should fix and this like the 50th lap what I should take upon myself what should I add what, how can I reach farther how can I do better and so you have this exchange every day that's all hinted to in the Vav because the Vav is this energy that's the energy of, of exchange of light coming down and light going back so the last idea I'll mention and then I'll review all of this and we'll do our meditation is this idea of run and return works in both directions from the side of man we run towards God the soul longs for spirituality and uh, godliness purity and then we return into the world that's the purpose of any meditation is to let the mind go let it experience what it experienced and then to bring it into normative reality for God the run and return is just the opposite God runs into the world and then withdraws because that run in, in definition would c- cause the world to, to not exist because God would overwhelm the world so creation is God running into the world and then continually returning in order to allow us the, the illusion of independence so again the Vav and it works in, it works in both directions okay, so let's take these ideas first of all Rosh Chodesh is newness it's uh, renewal something we do over and over again and this month is, is very very let's call it it's an auspicious time to delve into ourselves similar to the way we do during Elo but I was thinking on, on the way here that, that the difference is that this is less emotional I would, that's why th- this month is thought Tishrei doing tshuva obviously it, it involves the intellect but it's a very emotional psychological process to change to go through what we have to go through and during ER we're also trying to change and improve but it's much more from up here much more of a conscious counting that's where the counting is very, it's more of a conscious process and just this idea of the vav the, the run and the return that is happening all around us all of the time and in a very very practical sense this idea of exchanging every day one level of impurity for one level of purity and that word impurity and purity can be changed to many many other words as well that's the classic way of looking at it but whatever needs to be exchanged for something a little bit better that's, that's what we're trying to do. Can you just tell me um, what it was that you said Issachar is described as Yudea? Etim. Etim. From the word eight means time. Now, again, that was because of his ability to be plugged into the, the, the finer points of the Jewish calendar and, and, and the calculations. So the Arizal and many people have heard this but it comes from the Ariza that he says that on Pesach Pesach comes from the word to leap over in English we call it Passover but it's 
more active than that. It's a leaping. That's why in Shir Shirim, the beloved describes her beloved as like a deer bounding on the mountains, bouncing, right? Just leaping on the mountains. In fact, that's the last verse of Shir Shirim. So the Arizal says that in the, in the spiritual world, God, in a sense, passed over all of the usual um, channels of pouring light into the world. He leaped over all of them, and, and there's such an intense light that comes down on Seder night, and then it's withdrawn. Again, it's a run and return. And like you say, then we have to work for 50 days to recreate that light for Anshivas. Yeah. Um, to further that thought, um, in the in the benching, the, the Rahman for Yom Tov, it also says that the Fadikim are all this light around yes, them. Yes, yeah. Right, they will gaze on Pesach like once in the year. Right. We say we'll be like Sadiqim, which will have crowns. I heard I, I heard from Rob Ginsburg last night. It doesn't say crowns on their head. It says crowns in their head, mm-hmm. and they will gaze at the at the glory of the Shekhinah. Mm-hmm. And then we say, would it be that our portion is with them? This is one of my favorite parts of the Seder. Once a year you say this one little verse right, of this incredible image of sitting in total bliss, gazing at the Shekhinah. And then, but then the Arizal said, it's taken away from us. Mm-hmm. And then we have to do the hard work of making a vessel to hold that light on Shavuos. It comes back down on Shavuos, but we only feel it if we've... I shouldn't say we only feel it, but one feels it according to how much they've worked on themselves during Sefirah Omer. That's what we're told. So it's very, very much like the image of Shira Shireen. I opened for my beloved, and he wasn't there. And I went out in the city looking for him, and I couldn't find him. That's the process that's happening now. Okay.
Now we'll look at the Surah Omer from the five levels that we spoke about. So the first level is the historical. So on the historical level, counting the Omer replays, relives out the leaving of Egypt and receiving the Torah 50 days later at Sinai. It's a simple, straightforward understanding of Sfirat Omer. And every year we repeat this idea because every year, and according to Rashi, every day we have to make Torah new as if it was given today. And in fact, that's one of the answers for a little bit of the mystery why Shavuos as the day that we receive the Torah is not mentioned in the Torah does not say explicitly that Shavuos is the time we receive the Torah we know this from an oral tradition and you can figure it out by the, by the days it's not hard to figure out but the Torah itself doesn't say that it's actually called the, the holiday of first fruits which we'll get to in a second that's the second level that's the agricultural and one of the answers is for the same reason that we don't know Moshe's burial place until today why? why people flock to Shimon Bar Yochai and Lag Omer, hundreds of thousands of people tens of thousands of people go to Uman now on Rosh Hashanah what would have been so wrong if we knew where Moshe Rabbeinu was buried but in his generation I don't know if we even have the ability to comprehend having someone like that in our generation and the the way that the people related they related to Aaron like Aaron was approachable in a sense Moshe was not approachable not because he didn't want to be approachable but he was just like so so beyond that the way people looked at him right was that, that's what happened he didn't come down six hours later they were building the golden calf they couldn't they couldn't even comprehend how how can we go more than six hours without some kind of a leader they were so used to Moshe Rabbeinu so we're told that that's why we don't know his burial place because like his he did what he had to do but as a person we didn't want um, this uh, venerating of Moshe too much so we said so one of the explanations is that's why the Torah also doesn't say explicitly even though it's like very easy to figure out but it doesn't say explicitly that Shavuos is the giving of the Torah so that we won't think that the Torah was given one time <laughs> we should never have that like a fixed image in our mind the Torah is given on Shavuos and, and the Torah says so and like it was a once in a, in a, in a history occurrence that's why Rashi says on the, on the verse uh, when it says that they came to the desert of Sinai on the first day of the third month it says on this day they came so Rashi points out like the grammar is like should have been on that day they came that would have been more consistent so why does it say on this day so Rashi says to teach us that we should be prepared to receive Torah every day as if it was given today beautiful beautiful Rashi um, the 50 days um, after we left Egypt that we received the Torah does that include 50 days after he went up and then he came down and he broke the tablets and they did the no 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 it's he, w- he went up during the, s- the six days of Sivan 
and the people prepared and, and the revelation of the Ten Commandments was on Shavuos that was on the 50th day the golden calf is later the breaking of the tablets is later that's all, that's, that's later Okay, so that's the first level, this is the historical the agricultural is extremely important because that's how the Torah describes it that we should count uh, seven times seven weeks and let's just understand the simple understanding what it means to count the Omer <coughs> Omer is a, uh, a measurement of barley that was cut on the second day of Pesach it's in the Mishnah, a beautiful description how they would go down to what we now call Ir David where the Silwan uh, water source is they would go down that was part of the old city they would go outside and with three swipes of the scythe they would cut which was an Omer and then on the second day of what each month? Uh, no, a Pesach. Oh. Right? And as the first day is ending, they would do this. They would march it up to the temple on a festive accompaniment. And then all night the the Kohanim would be grinding and they sifted it through thirteen sifters which has to do with the 13 Midot HaRachamim and in the morning what was left from, from this Omer of barley was maybe you know, a nice big handful of the finest barley flour that was put on the altar and then that commences the starting of counting the Omer to Shavuos which is the wheat harvest Ad Hayom you go out into the, the fields um, the week before the week after Shavuos depending on the year and that's when all the wheat is harvested until this day we're still completely in tune with this, with this cycle the first two years of the Moshav we planted uh, 350 dunams of wheat and it, it was a thrill to harvest it at Shavuos it was just like to actually live this process out to, to plow the fields and then plant them and then watch them and why are we counting the Omer? so <coughs> just like we're anticipating receiving the Torah the wheat har- watching the wheat harvest it was like watching the stock market it was a 95% agrarian society if the, if the wheat harvest failed it would be like 1929 it would be like the stock market crashing between and you'll see, you'll, you see it in the weather it's, it's so amazing that it's still uh, alive for us today Yesterday was was hot, right? And today is cool. They're expecting maybe rain tonight. Right during Pesach, um, we had this incredible wind. I think you had it here also. It knocked off flowers from my my, my porch. Everything. But, so we're told that during the, this period, right at the, the bar, see the barley is harvested early. It's an earlier crop. But if you would go out to the fields now, wheat takes almost eight months to grow. It's sown in October and November, and it's only harvested in May, June. Until Pesach, wheat looks like like grass. It just starts a little small. Around Pesach, it's around this tall. And all it looks like is a green grass. That's all you see. From Pesach to Shavuos, that's when the kernels are made. Like very quick, relatively quickly. It takes like almost six months for it to grow. 
during this time lots of things can go wrong if the wind is too strong on the very day that they're just coming out it can knock them out if there's rain in another month and, and then it stays cloudy for a day or two they can, all the wheat can get mildewy if it gets wet and then the sun doesn't dry it off it can get mildewy so in other words the counting the armor from an agriculture point of view is people were like were nervous there were anti- it was an anticipation of a good wheat harvest on which their whole parnasa depended that's where the Midrash says that God says to the Jewish people you bring me one omer of barley and I'll give you your entire harvest so they only right? the omer once yeah once, so once. Only that first night. once and only in the temple not like everyone went out to their field they one in the temple person did it? Or no, no, no. They, no, did, they, did, it for, they did it for all of Israel. For, as a group? Yeah. Okay. All of it. And like I said, in the end, they had a handful of, of, of barley flour. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was this very joyous procession when they would follow them back up. So out in the back up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was this big thing, you know, carrying the, the Omer back up to the temple. So God says, you give me the barley. Like, like a handful of barley flour. You, as you do your part, I'll do my part. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a good harvest. <clears throat> okay. On the level of theme. So again, we're not talking about Shavuot right now. We're just talking about Spirit to Omer. If you look at this lower right hand corner here. What this is, this is from Rav Ginsburg's book, um, which is all based on the, the four letters of God's name. And I'll translate for you. You can keep these if you want. Is we're going to start from below to above. That the the bottom hay of God's name is Hachnaa Beshilut. These are four different themes of this time of year. The first one is, as we said before, if we're really, really, really in tune and we pick up on this light of Pesach and then it's taken away, if we're really spiritually sensitive, it's a a humbling, that's what Hachna'an Shvelut means, lowliness and humbleness it's a humbling experience um, like getting so high and then realizing it's totally a gift from God like this light was just a gift and now I'm going to have to work for it myself attached with that and I'm not going to get into the details right now because we'll, we'll spend more time on this there are the different customs of mourning for the students of Rabbi Akiva. And when we'll, we we'll get closer to Lag Omar, we'll understand what that means to us today. We always have to translate it like it seems like, you know, the students of Rabbi Akiva, okay, that's like a long time ago. And we're still mourning for them? But we have to understand, like, what it represents in Jewish history. That we'll get to. Why do we start? From the bottom, like what's the again? Because we we're, we're counting from below to above, so it's 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 more logical to explain this from below to above, okay. because when we get to above, and you'll see you'll see why. Then the vav is exactly what we were talking about, tikkun amidot, which means uh, rectifying our personality. This is perhaps the main on a personal level the theme of these 47 weeks is working on ourselves and next week we're going to learn in a very very practical very hands on psychological way how to use the spirit to assist us in making these changes very 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 practical 
Everyone thinks that Kabbalah is like way up there someplace. This is one of the most beautiful examples of how we can use the, the Sfirot in a very, very easy and hands-on way that, that really applied to every person. So that's one of, I would say, the, perhaps the main theme of these seven weeks. In Hebrew, is Tikkun Amidot, is rectifying ourselves. And then, the upper hay is what we talked about on a spiritual and also an agricultural level, is Tzipia Yeshua, which means looking forward to salvation. In other words, keeping our eye on the ball. We're like, we, we have a goal in mind. Now there's, everyone has this all the time. It's like, let's say someone wants to be something in, in, in their profession. <clears throat> and then they have to go to school for anywhere from 4 to 11 years, mm-hmm. right? To, to accomplish that. That's a long time. And it's very easy somewhere in the, in the middle is to forget what it's all for, right? You know, you're, you're cramming for a test all night and you're like pulling your hair out and, and like, why am I doing this? Oh yeah, I wanted to be a doctor. That's, that's why I'm doing this, right? But on, on a, a smaller uh, level, we do this with ourselves all the time we set goals for ourselves and we're convinced that's what we should do and then somewhere in the middle like we lose our way we forget not just forget we lose the original enthusiasm the original inspiration that God is going and now we're halfway and it's like do I really want to do this? did I really mean it? with the students we work with um, like starting now, um, when we have them for Shabbos, and one of our biggest plugs is leadership. That's one of the, our biggest themes. So I always mention that when you go back to campus, the importance of taking this year in Israel and and becoming a leader and using it and taking responsibility. But at this time of year, as soon as I say, mention even about going back, everyone's, oh, don't say that. I don't want to face it. I don't. I know they're so in love with Israel. So what I tell everyone, what I tell everyone is, on the plane, make sure to write down your deepest feelings about your year in Israel. I said because I don't want to burst the bubble one month after you're back you'll barely remember what it felt like I don't know this, this happened to me after being here for 12 years and we went back to Denver a month later I was like I was in such culture shock because I couldn't grasp on to like what it felt like to be in Israel I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't grasp it I knew that it was different <laughs> and I knew that I was lacking something but and you know how many students like promise themselves they're going to come on Aliyah <laughs> and how many actually do but I'm just using this as an example I'm just using this as an example that how we kind of get sidetracked it's a great humble yeah. assignment yeah we get sidetracked so, Sipiyala Yeshua, this is again what we said, counting the 50th day every day. Let's not forget, why are we counting? What are we counting to? Where are we going? We're out in the desert, right? Where are we going? And you see in the stories in the desert that many times the people, they, they, they lost track of what are we doing here? Let's go back to Egypt. That's the complaint. Like, wh- why are we here? They couldn't remember a couple months later what it was to be slaves for, you know, 200 years. Let's go back to Egypt. But this is so real. It's easy for us to look at them. How could they? But we do it all the time. All the time. What is right? it called? Sipia means um, an- anticipation. Anticipation. 
Expectation. Expectation. Anticipation of salvation. So, Sipia Ha or La? Le Yeshua. Le Yeshua. Yeah. Oh. Salvation. Literally salvation. But also, they had no experience with the other. What right, they were right, to. That's right. So, that makes it easy right. to want to go back. Right, right. Right. Very much, yeah. Okay, and then the last level is the higher Yud. This is the Or HaYeshua. This is the same light as Pesach. Everyone should remember that because what, we, what we're trying to achieve here, and the truth is, is it's not so easy. Every holiday, God pours down the light. But the light of Shavuos is very, very, very dependent on how we made vessels for it. How we made vessels for it. But as we go from below to above, this goes from below to above, but as we start the counting, so we start at the highest, right? No, we start the counting from below. One. No, we start at one, but we start at testing. Yeah, the, the spirit are from above. So, but is that like... So is this is this um, is this is this chronological or is this no no this is more like from below to above this is more like the way we count okay okay then the emotional psychological is really taking all of this and like we said that even though this month is more intellectual in comparison to Tishrei, which is more emotional or psychological, but still, the process of change and anticipating and wanting to change, so that gets very deeply into the theme of these seven weeks. In other words, this is is like a golden opportunity to really move emotionally really move psychologically so it's, it's a very auspicious time also the, the spring energy helps immensely right getting us to like let's we gotta move gotta we gotta do gotta put into practice and then the then you have the mystical level and oh, before I get to the mystical level and, and the spherot that's where they come to play in the emotional psychological realm as we'll explain next week we're going to use the spherot in a super psychological emotional way and on the mystical level is we're told in the Zohar it compares these seven weeks this is something that people might have heard uh, to what are called the seven clean days that a woman after the menstruation has stopped but then she counts seven clean days and after the seventh day she goes to the mikvah and is together with her husband so the Zohar says that's the paradigm for these seven weeks these seven weeks we are anticipating getting married to God this is what's called the mystical union of Am Yisrael and God that's why Art Scroll interprets Shira Shireen the way it does uh, it. yeah <laughs> yeah 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 very very very, very connected what do you do Yes, you can. Um, you can't say the blessing. You only can say the blessing if you do it every day. Which is the blessing of what again? Um, without saying the whole thing, Asher Kivshanu Al Sfirat But anyone, if anyone here has not started, you you can start actually right after the the class. And, and count today is the 15th day of the Omer and it's better to count at night because then you have the whole the Jewish day begins at night so 
Should we do the 15th tonight? No, no today, the 15th. Is, today is, is the 15th. And you just start counting tonight? Okay, so let's take all of this for our next meditation. Is just to remind everyone, there's a historical level of counting to the receiving of the Torah. There's an agricultural of looking forward to the harvest. There are the themes that we talked about. That's the four letters of God's name here. Take a look on your sheet. Then there's the emotional, psychological, which we didn't delve into, but just the idea that, that these days are, are auspicious for this kind of uh, psychological work. And then the mystical level is where the, <coughs> the soul longs to be unified with God and is counting the days to the wedding. Shavuos and all the, all the mystical um, teachings about Shavuos, it's all about the union of, of God and the Jewish people. Okay? And we'll, we'll get to that when we get to Shavuos.
So look at the top here. This comes from the intention that we read right after counting. And I'm just hoping I can do this in the amount, amount of time. So I'm going to read it in Hebrew. And then I'm going to explain also just a very, very simple but beautiful understanding. So it says, Rabbanu Sha'olam, Master of the World. You commanded us through Moshe, your servant, <coughs> to count Sfirat Omer. And then it's skipping certain words. Through doing this, through counting Omer, a tre- <coughs> tremendous influx of bounty should come into all of the worlds. In order that we fix our level of nefesh, our animal soul, and our emotional psychological component of our soul, the nishmatenu and the intellectual part of our soul, the call sigupagam from every type of blemish, the taharenu and to purify us, the kadshenu to make us holy, the kedushatcha yona in your exalted holiness. Amen, Sela. So this is what we say every night after we actually count the Omer. So if you look at the diagram of the Yudke Vavke, it's mapped out for us in a beautiful sequence here. And as we said, anything like this is a meditation. The idea would be, first of all, anyone can look this up in the art scroll. This is taken straight from the art scroll. And without going into all the Kabbalistic connections to each of the letters, but we'll see that the way it's described is an absolute elevation here. And we're doing this fairly quickly, but you can go back and look at it and, and meditate on it. So the lower hay is Yushva Shefara Bukhal Olamot. That there should be a great influx of bounty into all of the worlds. So this is, this is like a prayer. This is what we're trying to accomplish by counting the Omer. So by counting the Omer, remember on the agricultural level, we're trying to assure that, that on the physical level we have bounty. So counting the Omer should bring great bounty into the world. And then we start counting, excuse me, climbing the ladder. The vav and fix our animal soul, etc. Our animal soul, our emotional, psychological soul, and our intellectual soul. And to purify all of that, our emotions, our intellect, our, our psyche, our intuitions, our behavior and in the Yud, and in the holy way, and it should be rooted in your exalted holiness. So when you read this, and, and you just remember that it's the letters of God's name, and you're climbing up, we go from the worlds to God's exalted holiness. And that is what's happening during these seven weeks. Right? We start from one, right? our feet on the ground and we end up with our heads in the heaven that by the way is the other image of the vav that's how the ladder is described as having its feet on the ground and its head in the heavens so we did this very very quickly but for those of you who are counting or are going to start counting please look at the art scroll and this becomes a beautiful meditation Right? Not, truthfully, not just for Sirat Omer, 
becomes a very, very beautiful meditation about what are we trying to accomplish in life, right? Like this becomes a beautiful symbol of what we're trying to accomplish every day, right? Trying to have our feet on the ground and have God's spiritual bounty infusing the physical world. But we're also trying to fix ourselves and improve ourselves and elevate ourselves and become pure and more holy and unified with God's holiness. 